We want it men. Welcome to episode 154 of the Smuggler's Galaxy podcast. This is Glenn. Uh, as you could tell by the soft open, that we're going to talk Rebels today. It's just me. Jason's off at PowerCon. And uh, I just wanted to take today and talk to you guys about Rebels. I'm sure you guys are probably sick and tired of hearing about Rebels. But with Ahsoka coming out in a couple of weeks and... Um, the ghost going on has lab. It just, it feels like it's, it's a good time to talk about rebels. It, it's something that that's pretty freaking close to my heart. I had somebody tell me, uh, you know, Hey, when I think rebels, I think of Glenn, hopefully it'll be a short and sweet episode, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens uh, as things go along. Anyway, it started about 10 years ago for me. The show pops up. On Disney XD, it's in the dark era. You know, we are, we we don't know what's going. I have no clue. We're we're in the middle of right before Force Awakens comes out. I have no clue what this is. We're waiting. I'm. It's a dark time. I'm waiting for some kind of Star Wars content. This new show Rebels pops up on Disney XD. First episode or two, I'm like, you know what? I don't. I don't know about this show, but. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it because it's Star Wars. Then then you hear that TIE fighter fly by and you hear the TIE fighter shoot and you're like, this is Star Wars. I may not know these characters, but this is Star Wars. Uh so you know, I kind of give it gave it a chance. And sometime in the second season, man, this thing just takes a very dark, very interesting turn. They discovered who was really watching this show, and it wasn't kids, it it was adults. It was even to the fact that the point that um you know, it was it was airing late. It was airing late at night. You had to turn on your you had to turn on your DVR to figure out when this show was going to play because it was playing very late at night. You were listening, to, you know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night some nights. So I think they really found out who their their target audience was with with this show. It ended up speaking to me and it took me a really, really long time uh, actually till we started doing this show to realize why. And it was actually Jason that brought it up. He said, you you love the it's the found family aspect of this show because this rebels are a found family the rebels the phoenix squadron or the uh specter squadron then they turn into phoenix squadron when they get into bigger uh into the bigger rebellion but they were all a found family and uh, you know you find sabine you know she has some everybody sabine hera kanan uh Ezra, they all have have serious, serious family issues, and uh, when they come together, they're not perfect. Ghost they make a difference. Um, in the that's world. one of the reasons why I and love her. It's just um, it's something one, awesome. She's the first Mandalorian awesome to see. We really see after uh, Boba Fett, and she's before 
you know, Book of Boba Fett and a Mandalorian came out. So she was, she was really the first Mandalorian I saw after Boba Fett. So I kind of fell in love with her. I love the fact that she's a graffiti artist and she really speaks her mind. Uh, and she's artistic and, and, uh, you know, just she you know i remember being 15 16 years old when you're in your your room and it's full of posters and you're you're trying to paint you know like her armor's all painted up i'm all tattooed so it, it kind of goes hand in hand um and now let's go over to zeb uh gara zeb zeb in artillery i i'm not even his name's zeb i am not even going to try to pronounce his uh his real name because i freaking can't pronounce it i suck at names but he's a sought male honor guardsman whose people were first were one of the first species to rise up against the empire in the early days which they responded with the massacre of his home world which led him as basically the last one there and yet he remained loyal to the struggle against the empire as the muscle of the crew of the ghost he's a capable warrior zeb is highly skilled and uh, highly educated and skilled to fight his despite his fearsome appearance he becomes begrudgingly becomes close friends with Ezra through though they many they strongly though they both strong in this like chopper and feeling that his uh re but anyway the droid you know they both they all have like a love hate relationship with uh chopper and his favorite pastime is beating up stormtroopers, which he calls bucketheads. And he's a uh, fighter. He's a acrobatic fighter in combat. He actually, his gun is like the, the honor guard staff of his people. So they, and it, it breaks into a bunch of stuff. There, it has a, like three or four different uh, combinations it can do. Uh, CH1, this is Chopper. C110P, Chopper is the astromech droid from the ghost he's built with from spare parts uh he's stubborn un uninterested in gaining affection from organism organics despite he's frequently uh an essential in saving the rest of the group from dangerous situations um hera actually found chopper in a y-wing that crashed in her um the um it's the garden her gazebo whatever her the the in front of her house and she rescued him from that y-wing and so that he's definitely um always shows love uh towards her in because she saved him from uh basically rusting sandula serves as mother figure to ezra bridger and sabine and also helps zeb malin manage his temper Sandula is also frequent and binary. That's something I didn't say about Keenan. I think he's sort of the father uh, figure of the group. And then Hera, I believe, is the mother figure. Sabine is a 16-year-old human Mandalorian female graf- and graffiti artist. She's an Imperial Academy dropout and former bounty hunter who specializes in a we- as a weapons esker- as the weapons expert of the Ghost crew. She frequently personalizes her armor, hair, and cabin aboard the ghost and frequently leaves graffiti calling cards in the ghost wake. Um, That's one of the reasons why I love her. Um, Number one, she's the first Mandalorian we really see after uh, Boba Fett. And she's before 
you know, Book of Boba Fett and a Mandalorian came out. So she was, she was really the first Mandalorian I saw after Boba Fett. So I kind of fell in love with her. I love the fact that she's a graffiti artist and she really speaks her mind. Uh, and she's artistic and, and, uh, you know, just she, you know, I remember being 15, 16 years old when you're in your, your room and it's full of posters and you're, you're trying to paint, you know, like her armor's all painted up. I'm all tattooed. So it, it kind of goes hand in hand. Um, and now let's go over to Zeb, uh, Gara Zeb, Zeb in Arlerady. I, I'm not even, his name's Zeb. I am not even going to try to pronounce his, uh, his real name. Cause I freaking can't pronounce it. I suck at names, but he's a sought male honor guardsman whose people were first, were one of the first species to rise up against the empire in the early days, which they responded with the massacre of his home world, which led him as basically the last one there and yet he remained loyal to the struggle against the empire as the muscle of the crew of the ghost he's a capable warrior zeb is highly skilled and uh highly educated and skilled to fight his despite his fearsome appearance he becomes begrudgingly becomes close friends with ezra through though they many they strongly though they both strongly dislike chopper and feeling that his uh re but anyway the droid you know they both they all have like a love-hate relationship with uh chopper and his favorite pastime is beating up stormtroopers which he calls bucketheads and he's a uh, fighter he's a acrobatic fighter in combat he actually his gun is like the, the honor guard staff of his people so they and it, it breaks into a bunch of stuff there it has a like three or four different uh combinations it can do uh ch1 this is chopper c1 10p chopper is the astromech droid from the ghost he's built with from spare parts uh he's stubborn un uninterested in gaining affection from organism organics despite he's frequently uh an essential in saving the rest of the group from dangerous situations um Hera actually found Chopper in a Y-Wing that crashed in her, um, the, um, it's the garden, her gazebo, whatever her, the, the, in front of her house. And she rescued him from that Y-Wing. And so that he's definitely, um, always shows love, uh, towards her in, because she saved him from, uh, basically rusting. To me, this is Star Wars. This is my Star Wars. Everybody I've got three rebels tattoos. You know, one of my dogs is named Kane and the other one's named Sabine. So this, this show is, is pretty, pretty awesome to me. I've got, like I said, I've got three rebels tattoos. I've got the ghost, I've got uh chopper and I've got a Hera and hopefully get some more. I want to get some loathe cats that represent my dogs. And I just haven't, haven't done it yet. Season one wasn't a whole bunch going on, but then season two, you know, and actually the end of season one going into season two is, is the first time we, I met Ahsoka. I'd known her from, uh, just a little bit of clone wars and just talking to people, you kind of know, uh, what Ahsoka is or who Ahsoka is, but I didn't understand who, who she really was. Uh, I remember watching, clone wars at one of the summer socials and asking him i'm like this little whiny brat's ahsoka because in rebels she kicks a whole lot of ass all of a sudden she's you know this little kid again that i i really don't know who she is um and they were like oh no it gets better it gets better and then by the end of clone wars it 
wow. But I didn't watch Clone Wars until I finished Rebels. And Clone Wars and Rebels kind of go hand in hand uh, as far as the storylines, because you don't understand a lot. It, you don't understand a lot of the story in Rebels until you go back and watch Clone Wars. Uh, I kind of think it's going to be the same way with Ahsoka. You're not going to understand a lot of the subplots until you go watch Rebels and uh, Clone Wars. Maybe not as much Clone Wars, but definitely uh, Rebels. You're not going to understand the plot lines until you watch Rebels, uh, or at least watch the end of in the some of season fours. Dave Filoni actually says if you watch Jedi Knight on in season four, you'll kind of know where uh, Ahsoka uh, picks up and where she's at. But Rebels is so much more than Jedi Knight on. You're not going to understand the uh, the impact of Jedi Knight if you start there. You really need to start. Uh, you know. There's not enough. I, if you don't binge watch it, I'm sure there's time you can watch the whole four seasons um, before Ahsoka starts. But if you, if you've got if you've got that kind of time, I, I suggest do it. Uh, if not, just Google. There's some important. You can skip a lot of it because there there is a lot of filler in, in in Rebels, just like there is in Clone Wars. And I'm sure you know there's just like you know Ahsoka may have some uh, filler in there, but you know just like with Bad Batch and with Clone Wars and with Red Mandalorian, there's always filler. Uh, in some of Dave Filoni's stuff and, and some of Star Wars stuff. So I'm I'm really hoping there's not a whole lot of filler in Ahsoka, uh, but I guess we'll see. You you go back and in and, and season, this is this is one of the major plot points I didn't understand when I watched uh, Rebels for the first time, is at the end of season two, um, there's a battle between Ahsoka and Vader. And it's been the whole second season is leading up to this. And they, you know, Ahsoka kind of, she kind of figures out or she's like, you know, 75% sure that um, Darth Vader's Anakin because she can just feel him, um, you know, just like, and uh, Darth Vader can feel that Ben Kenobi is, is in the Obi-Wan's and the Death Star. Uh, you, you just kind of figure it out. And, and in that battle, she actually damages Darth Vader's uh, helmet and he's, you see his eyes and she just, you could see her heartbreak as she realizes that it's really is Anakin and it just going back and watching clone wars and seeing her, the relationship her and Anakin had, and then seeing it in uh come to fruition and rebels just is, is wow. Um, is a really cool, uh, really good storyline to it. Uh, and then at the, you know, in that point, uh, in that episode, Kanan also is blinded and Ezra loses his lightsaber. So those are two major plot twists, I think, uh, to set up the rest of the, of the uh, season, the rest of the show. Um, it actually starts off, uh, season three actually starts off with Ezra. He's got a brand new lightsaber. Uh, it's actually, they're saying it's a six month. I've heard that it's a six month time jump. Uh, between those two uh, seasons, but I really, it feels like it's a couple of years because Ezra just is that much more. Um, he feels like that much. He's that grown that much because he just looks older. But then I also, at the end, of, also at the end of the season, you see him start to to dwindle, start to play with the dark side, and I think that affects his. Uh, aging so he looks older than what he is because he's starting to play with the dark side and the dark side you know that stuff ages you uh pretty bad 
So I think that's why he looks like he's older because Darth Maul is trying to get him to be his apprentice. And then in, in sort of towards the end of the season, somewhere in the middle, uh, because of Darth Maul, they're going to find Darth Maul, blah, blah. Um, the dark saber, uh, Sabine ends up with the dark saber because, um, they go to, uh, Dathomir trying to figure out some secrets with, um, Ezra and Darth Maul trying to Darth Maul is trying to figure out where Ben Kenobi is. And Ezra is trying to figure out where to, how to defeat the Sith. So they go and, uh, go with the dark, I'm sorry, not the night sisters, uh, interact with, or attack Sabine and, 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 uh, Kanan and end up, this is the first time you really see Sabine fight with a lightsaber and she's actually fighting with a dark saber. You can already tell from there that she could be, there's the possibilities there. She's going to be pretty awesome. One of the major plot twists or one of the, you really see Sabine open up when her and Kanan, when Kanan actually is training her with the dark saber that there's like three or four times when I cry in this episode, in this, in this series and this is one of them for me because she just opens up about everything that's gone on in her life. It comes into fruition again, and you know, later on uh, towards in, in season four, we actually see more Mandalorians, which is awesome because that's the first time I saw Mandalorians where you start seeing the lore of Mandalorians and you actually um, you get to see her home. This is right after the Darksaber. And this is the first time I realized because I always, I've always, always, always loved that helmet, and I'm always like, "Well, that's that's Sabine's helmet." I'm really, you know, can can a man wear that helmet? And you see her clan Wren come up, and they've all got those same, um, the feathers or whatever you want to call them on her helmet. And I was like, "Yeah, I can build a clan Wren, a male clan Wren, uh, Mandalorian." And unfortunately, I still haven't done it. I've been waiting, waiting five years to build a Mandalorian armor. And it just, it's, I don't think it's ever going to be in the cards for me because I collect way too much stuff. Uh, and there's just other things I spend my money on. And I just, I, as much as I want to be a Merc, I just do not, uh, have the time to be in the Mercs, uh, you know, with, with the club and the podcast and with my band, I, I as much as I want to do it, I, I don't have time for it. But uh, anyway, let me play this clip for you guys. This is um, a really emotional uh, scene for me. You're not fighting me. You're fighting yourself and losing. You're not committed to this. You should quit. I don't quit. I never quit. Really? That's not what it looks like. You did run, didn't you? No! But that's what your people believe, isn't it? You ran from the Empire. You ran from your family. Lies! So what's the truth? Truth is it? I left to save everyone. My mother! My father! My brother! Everything I did was for family! For Mandalore! I built weapons! Terrible weapons! But the Empire used them on Mandalore! On friends! On family! People that I knew! They controlled us through fear! <laughs> Mandalore! 
sphere of weapons I helped create. I helped enslave my people! I wanted to stop it. I had to stop it. I spoke out. I spoke out to save them. To save everyone! But when I did... My family didn't stand with me. They chose the Empire. They left me. Gave me no choice. The Empire wanted to destroy worlds. And they did. They destroyed mine. <laughs> she's just speaking from the heart. And she's speaking... Uh, I don't want to say my truth. But it just it feels like it... You do all these awesome things for all these people and put people first and then they turn your back on on they turn their back on you and it just it hurts and to know that she went through that um it just it hits home in season four there's another scene you know we learn what happens with darth maul he finds his obsession with obi-wan kenobi kenobi uh finally comes to you know, con comes to an end and we see the death of Darth Maul at the hands of Kenobi. And, and the first time I saw this, I wasn't real happy with it. It just, it felt like one of those shows where they spend all season building up the stuff and then in five minutes it's over. It's one of those things I think when the more you watch it, the more you kind of understand, just like with this whole series, the more you, the more you watch it, the more you understand uh, things with it. I have time, a hard time even thinking about this this next episode that I want to talk about it. It's Jedi Knight. You just, you feel it from the very beginning because there's just Kanan does a ritual where he cuts his hair and the music's, you know, very emotional. And it just, from the, from the cold open to the end, there's, there's just a tone, like a really heavy tone with this episode. You finally get to see Hera and Kanan profess their love, which is something that they've built on for, ever on this um on this show and then we finally get to see it it's the same thing like when you finally see scully and Mulder kiss in x-files you're finally like yeah or jim and pam it's that it's that jim and pam of the office scully and Mulder on the x-files Hera and kanan and, and rebels it's it's that kind of relationship where you finally see them get together and you finally see you know it's happening <laughs> and uh it, it happened in the in jedi night finally so then you get that, and then right after like ten minutes real time, uh, or ten minutes in the of show time, Kanan uh, sacrifices himself to save save the rebels crew because they're they're meeting on a bunch of tankers and uh, in the fuel depot, and this actually is Thrawn's undoing too. Price Governor Price, she blows up the fuel depot to get him, and Kanan holds back the wall of fire. And in that moment, you get to see, he finally sees again, his eyes come back and he, you know, last thing he sees is Hera as he pushes her away and saves Sabine, Kanan, and Hera from, from the blast. Kanan! I know what to say now. I love you. Must be the truth here I'm talking. No. It's me. All me. 
Time to go! Target that fuel pod! Now! But sir, the fuel! I gave you a direct order. episode of rebels ends is with that death of canaan and probably even harder than watching him sacrifice himself is the next episode you see the ramifications of everything because you see them coming back you see harris sabine and, and ezra have to tell the rest have to tell chopper and zeb and rex what had happened and you're you're just you're reliving it all over again it, this is how emotional this epi- this this show is for me. Uh, you guys are feeling it raw, right, with me. There's another big part that happens, a really big plot thing that I think is going to happen with, that happens with this that I think is going to play into Ahsoka, and that's the world between worlds. The Empire is actually trying to get in there, and Ezra breaks the code, and basically the world between worlds, I don't know if it's it's time travel, but... What kind of time travel is it? Um, it, it? It's definitely more than just stuff that's happening to you because as Ezra enters it, you hear um, clips from A New Hope and you hear clips from the original trilogy in playing in the background, but you don't see anything. And then at one point he sees the the Laku, no Laku's for Hera, but the bird that, you know, when you see this owl, you know that Ahsoka is going to be right there. And she's on like one of the things. Basically, truthfully, they look like Stargates from SG, from Stargate, from whatever Stargate SG one, or you know which. If you don't know Stargate, look it up. It reminds me a lot of those. And she's sitting on top of one of those, and he goes and activates it, and she he sees that it's when, uh, it's the final battle of her and Darth Vader, and he pulls Ahsoka out of the that part. And they they kind of have a moment. She's like, what happened? And she kind of, I guess they figure out what's going on in there. And then you hear the emperor. Um, you figure out that the emperor's able to get, not really get in there, but he's able to throw some magic in there. And then her and 
um, actually, no, truthfully, sorry. I'm, I'm, and he finds actually before they see the emperor, he sees the scene that I just played for you guys. And he's Ezra is going to pull Kanan out, and Ahsoka stops him because basically it, it's um, you know sound of thunder type thing where you know you step on a butterfly or you kill a bee. It's going to have very uh, the ramifications are, are pretty insane for uh, for the future. So they she stops him because she basically tells him if you pull Kanan out of this moment, everybody else is dead, and he doesn't pull him out. And I think that's important going forward. Um, and then all of a sudden you see the emperor and he throws some magic in there and tries to get Ezra to come with him. And they end up running away from it and not defeating the emperor. We're getting away from the emperor. When they get away from the emperor, the him, him and Ahsoka separate. And I think this is a very important part and nobody really, uh, you don't realize it until you see the the clips for Ahsoka, but he tells her to come find him. And then you and they say, okay, I will. And you never see Ahsoka again until the epilogue. So to me, that's sort of an eye-opening thing for the Ahsoka show, for the end of this show and the Ahsoka show. I just I think it's it's very important to to realize that that he never sees Ahsoka again from the world between worlds. So that's why I think uh the world between worlds and the Ahsoka show are kind of intertwined because every time you see like from the beginning, you saw the Ahsoka logo and what looked like one of those stargates was behind the Ahsoka logo. So that's why either Dave Filoni's met them messing with us or he's serious about bringing the world between worlds into Ahsoka show. Um, so I, I really think that it is uh, it's going to play a big part. Uh, I'm just going to skip ahead to the epilogue, man. This is where, the season, the everything comes to an end is at the at the end. They defeat the Empire. Uh, Ezra sacrifices himself to take Thrawn into hyperspace with the Purgles, and they just disappear and they don't know where where things things are happening. You know, they drive drive the Empire out of Lothal. And I'm gonna I'm gonna play the epilogue for you guys here in a minute because it does it does it kind of sum everything up. And and at the end of the epilogue, you hear you see. Um, Sabine, there's a there's a about a five year time jump, and Sabine, there's a there's a beautiful mural that she's painted of of the the crew of the family. This is something you don't hear, but you you see it. You see her looking at the the mural, and then you see her turn around, and um, Ahsoka's there. Ahsoka's ready, basically ready to pick her up, saying, "Let's go. Uh, it's time to find him." And we've kind of seen that play out. We have seen that start to play out in the clips, the trailers of uh, Ahsoka. So uh, I'm really hoping that we're going to get to see that in live action, which uh, if we do, I'm going to be a freaking basket case. Let me let me go ahead and play it for you guys, and then we'll we'll go on. I can tell you where, where I'm thinking the Ahsoka show is going to go, my feelings on it, and then I'll wrap it. Go ahead and wrap it up. we all anticipated never came. The once invincible empire had begun to fracture. The small rebellion had become bold. 
and with a decisive victory at the Battle of Endor, the Emperor's reign of terror came to an end. After the war, Zeb took Callus along the secret hyperspace path to the planet Lyrason. It was then that Callus realized he hadn't destroyed the Lasat people, and that they were thriving on this new world. A world where he was welcome as one of them. Hera fought in the Battle of Endor, as did Commander Rex. By that time, there had been a new member added to the crew of the Ghost. Spectre 7, Jason Sindula. Born to fly, just like his mother. And well, we all know what his father was like. As for me, I used to think that Ezra was counting on me to protect Lothal. The planet and the people he cared for so much. But one day, I realized there was more to it. There was something else I was meant to do. Ezra's out there somewhere. And it's time to bring him home. that's how rebels ends and to me that it's just it's a beautiful beautiful ending to a beautiful show and it's something that they're they've been teasing with ahsoka and we're coming up on 10 years of this show actually uh actually it'll be five years of it ending uh 10 years of it premiering and, and about five years of it ending the uh, ahsoka show is gonna gonna start about five five or six years after the end of rebels so to me it Timing's pretty perfect on it. Um, what am I looking forward to in, in Ahsoka? I want to know what happens with Thrawn and Ezra. I want to know where they've been. Um, does 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 Ezra um do they are they still out there floating in hyperspace or did they find a planet and bring, you know, um start training or, you know, start redoing what they wanted or are they still, I, I really truthfully, I think they're kind of still, they may still be in hyperspace, but then again, speaking, I really think that that new inquisitors, Ezra, uh, just because it, the way he stands, the stance and everything, you could tell that's a guy and it's a skinny guy. I think Dave Filoni, he could really do that to one of his main characters. Uh, it would be weird, but I, I think he would do it, and, and then you deal with the good versus evil, Ahsoka versus Vader again, to where she's not going to want to hurt one of her main, one of her friends that she thinks she could bring back to the to the light side. I also want to know what's going on with Sabine calling Ahsoka master. I think she's a badass with the lightsaber, and you see that the lightsaber she has is is um, Ezra's lightsaber, and. They make a big, pretty big point in the show of him showing him handing it to Chopper and then Chopper handing it to Sabine, and it's Sabine using it to break him out of um, the rebel, the 
the the empire base that they're in. Um, and she also does some upgrades to it uh, in in Ahsoka. So I'm curious. I'm curious what she did that. Why she did that. And uh, I'm hoping we could definitely see see some of that in Ahsoka. What's Hera been up to? We see a little bit of Hera in some video games, and you hear that she uh, she helped with Endor. You hear uh, helped with the Battle of Endor, just like Rex. We also hear her name in Rogue One. We see the ghost in the um, Rise of Skywalker at the very end. Uh, it's very fast, but the the ghost is there. And are we going to see that? Are we going to hear mentions of that? Are we going to hear mentions of Kanan, uh, you know, as far as that goes? I really hope there's some flashbacks of Kanan. I know Freddie Prince Jr. is uh, pretty much done with the with the character and kind of wants it, wants, you know, his like Kanan stories told is told. So why bring it back? But then again, the live action, only the only person they have playing the same character is uh, Lars, who was Grand Admiral Thrawn. They've got new people playing everybody else. So, um Maybe they'll redo an, a, a, a Kanan, have a Kanan moment, which would be awesome. Um, I'm curious about Jason. I want to know what he's like. Uh, that's when I lost it in the epilogue was when they mentioned, uh, you know, we know what his father's like, you know, just like with Forrest Gump, man, when when oh, he's, he's, he's my kid, you know, that moment when you realize that it just it it's kind of it's sad when when kids grow up without a dad in their life to me and uh even though i had you know i had my dad but my 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 him and my mom got divorced when i was young and that was a big deal he wasn't around a lot and i think my mom had a lot to do with it and they they always fought and um it just stinks when a kid isn't raised with a dad even though they have a dad and uh well jason doesn't have a dad but or his dad's passed so that always kind of hits me hard so I'm curious what he's like. I really think we we he's going to be force sensitive. He's going to learn to use the force. Uh, if anybody would have been calling Ahsoka Master, I think it would have been him. I don't know. I, I know um, there was a scene in one of the uh, first trailers where you see a cup and it's on the ghost. It's it's on a sabak table. You see a, a hand reach out to a cup and try to pull it towards him. I think that's Jason. I think that's going to redo itself, and that'll be Jason that did that in in that in in that moment ahsoka just looks incredible like i said it's something i've been waiting five or six years for uh, i've definitely been waiting uh since celebration of anaheim in anaheim when this show was really truly announced and when they showed the first images and i remember crying like you know just sitting on the on the show floor weeping when you see the first images of Hera, even though it's only her back you're sitting there um and you're watching the the panel i'm watching the panel on somebody's cell phone video dave Filoni looks at rosario dawson and is like hey do you have a friend you want to bring out and she goes yeah chopper your brain's not comprehending what you're seeing you know it took a minute or two to realize that oh shit she just called out a live action chopper onto the stage all the ramifications of that happen oh my god we're we're it's happening it's rebels season five um, and then I just remember going and talking because Saturday was his cosplay day at Celebration. So you had all these Rebels cosplayers there. And that's something I like doing when I'm at a con is I'll go up to all the Rebels cosplayers and take pictures with them and uh, we'll we'll talk. And, you know, I just remember sharing a moment with all of them. And, and one hair kind of got on to me. She was like, you're going to make me mess up my makeup. And it was just, it was a Saturday that just made my Saturday doing that at, at celebration. This uh, show, you either get it 
or you don't. A lot of people don't get it. A lot of people haven't given this show the time, time of day because, oh, it's a kid's show. Um, you, you guys are missing some of the best Star Wars content, best Star Wars storytelling that's out there. Um, it's just so deep and meaningful. And you just you guys really need to give it a chance. Get through the first season because, like I said, the first season is definitely is a kid show, and then it it turns really dark really fast. Uh, you know, it turns more adult. I've never had moments with complete strangers. You know, just weird moments in parking you know, parking lots or whatever. You know, at at a show or something, you start talking rebels with people, and I automatically start tearing up, and then they automatically start tearing up. You can't explain it. Until you meet another Rebels fan. And then you both are like, yeah, this show means something. And this show's special. So please watch it. Please, please give it the time of day. Please give it some time. You know, it's, it's a, it right now is, is an incredible time to be a Rebels fan. I've actually told my wife several times, I'm like, you're going to have to talk me off the ledge uh, because this is stuff I've been waiting years for. Uh, there's going to be some incredible Rebels merchandise come up. And it's already started. You know, we've got the HasLab, we got the Ghost, and it's season four of the characters are season four characters. I'm not real happy about them not putting Sabine in in with with the Ghost crew, but I'm hoping if if we get enough backers that it'll they'll they'll do something about it. The thing is on track. It's on track to to hit the number same numbers as as the the Razor Crest, which I think hit like twenty six thousand. Which to me it seems I never watched a HasLab. Uh, before this is the first HasLab that I've actually been interested in and backed a minute. I, I mean, I literally backed this HasLab when it was, when the panel was still going, I was like the first 200 people to back it. And uh, I think it's last time I checked, it was like at 9,500 backers, which it's, it's, it has, it has funded, but you need to get to 11 to get Ezra. You need to get to 14 to get Kanan and you need to get to 17 to get uh, Zeb. And I think once we hit that, if, if, if it hits the 17 with some time to go, they'll announce a chopper and a Sabine to kind of get the, get it pushed. I'm not real concerned about a stand. It would be awesome if they had a stand because a razor crest looks awesome on a stand. Uh, the TVC slave one, they put a stand to where it's standing upright. And to me that it, that really makes that ship. It saves a little bit of space on your shelf, um, but that ship, it's it's going to be massive. I've actually redid my room. I've actually I did that this weekend. That's what I was doing this morning was redoing my room, so I'd have room to put the ghost in my room. I had to buy a new, uh, get rid of some stuff, get rid of a, a futon, and then actually go buy a a new display piece to put it in there and redo a bunch of stuff. And I was able to actually make some more room in my room. So that was kind of cool. Clean off some shelves so that my, my wife can put some more stuff down there. August 23rd, I'm setting my alarm for 4 a.m. Uh, the first two episodes are supposed to be about 90 minutes together. And I'm just, I, I can't wait. I'm going to be a basket case the next two months from the 23rd through the September when this show's over. Uh, because even the, just, just the, trailers i was a basket case uh it just it got me up my, my i was out of my headspace i couldn't do anything i was just so excited for this show take some time uh look at like i said man google that stuff online uh you can find uh an episode guide that knocks it down to about 20 episodes uh if that and you could at least watch and know what's going to happen in ahsoka which i think is going to give your your viewing pleasure of ahsoka that you know 
that much more. Thanks for listening to the Smuggler's Galaxy podcast. Please give us a like and five-star review where you uh, listen to podcasts. Thank you, Levi Waterhouse, for the music and Alfonso for the logo. You can email us at smugglersgalaxy.com. Smugglersgalaxy at gmail.com. Uh, thank you for, you know, I can't do please release VC66 because they've already released re-released it in the job of the hut playset. So Jason's excited about that. Uh, I'm still waiting for Sabine to come on. I'm hoping that uh, the some uh, some of the characters will come to Dragon Con. So hey, Dragon Con, bring some Rebels, you know, Fred, bring more than Freddie Prince Jr. I don't want to have to drive all the way to Savannah to get me some autographs because uh, they're going to be at Savannah Con at the end of uh, September. So if I got to drive to Savannah, I guess I'll drive to Savannah. But I would much prefer to drive to downtown Atlanta. So Dragon Con, bring some Rebels actors uh, in, please. Be a positive force in the collecting galaxy. This is the way. <laughs>